We're here today to discuss the reorganisation of the game under the professional level. And this basically creates a new elite league, in inverted commas, where we have 10 teams from the current Premiership going into that league and then everything kind of changing a bit underneath. That's the sort of the headline. Take us through your thoughts then on how and why we need to come to this sort of position today. Yeah, quite a lot of changes. I think one of the headline changes, obviously, is that we've launched today the Elite League competition, which will start in season 24-25. We are looking at creating a club-based competition, which will be a 10, maximum of 10 teams in that club-based competition, which sits above the Premiership as it stands right now, and the Community Premiership will still remain. So it's a league above that, under a criteria, under a different governance model as well, and it's a geographical-based um, uh, competition as well, but it fits under criteria. The key part in terms of this, probably, gosh knows how many years we've been talking about what sits under the professional game. How do we best develop our younger players? Where should they should be playing? You know, in previous years, we've been talking about, we've had, you know, we've had British and Irish Cups, we've had regional A's. Prior to COVID, we were talking about maybe a Super Super 6 competitions to develop. There's been lots of discussions. Post-COVID, these conversations have accelerated. We have a purpose now. I think that was the key part, is what is the purpose of the Prem? That was how the conversation started. We felt we needed a competition that the purpose was mainly there to develop and enhance basically the development of our younger players to bridge the gap between coming out of age grade rugby and into regional rugby. And we feel now by having this launch today, which has been through discussions with our regions, but also major discussions with our premiership clubs. It's been a collaboration, it's been tough at times, but we all agree that the decision of 10 teams and our direction of travel is the right one. And for the very first time myself, it's sort of like, you know, within the community department, we've got the performance department aligned, we've got the premiership aligned, we're all 100% behind it and excited about it. And uh, obviously that top on there has massive effects on the lower end of the game as well. But I think, you know, that'll be, that's one key headline out of today. I, I think it's fair to say that the discussion about the Premiership has been something which has kind of dominated talking points and time over recent years, and we're still talking about it, obviously, today. Why do you think 10, then, is that magical figure? Because we've been here before, haven't we, with 14, 8, etc., and we seem to be holding in now on 10. And from the top table, it, it won't necessarily be 10. It could be 8, depending on, you know, criteria met, etc. The key part of this is that it's probably been a big discussion. We have some clubs who probably still think maybe that it should be 14, or if not, it should be 16. Yeah. One of the key things we did look at, we did an exercise where we looked at, you know, the players themselves. Do we have enough quality players to, you know, squads of 30 to 35? You know, when you look at 10 teams, that's 350 players then to be at that top end, take away the, the professional URC players as well to 
playing a competition at the highest standard possible to develop our yeah. players. So were there discussions around six, eight, ten? And I'm sure there'll be people out there with their own views yeah. as well. We had to make a decision. And that's the hardest, you know, that's the difficult part. And the decision is ten, yeah. but it's under a criteria model. If only eight or nine teams fit the criteria model, there will only be eight or nine yeah. teams in it. However, we feel that there will be 10 teams who are eligible. We do think 10 teams will fit the criteria and um, we will be in a criteria yeah. uh, mode. Out of the 10, one of them will be from North Wales. That was another discussion that we had, is that it's important that nearly half the nation lives in the North Wales uh, region. Uh, we have a club from there right now but they will still go through the process. They still will have to adhere to the criteria and they will have to sign up yeah. to the criteria as well. And the criteria is based around, you know, there'll be a lot around the, the playment, the playing of younger players. You know, that's going to be key. But it's not just about the younger players as well because young players will develop with the older players. But they're also, you know, throughout the year, we need these young players prior to the under-26 uh, nations after the under-26 Nations and World Cup to be given game time. It's yeah. important they are playing games, you know. It's no secret. We've got the captain of Wales right now who wasn't getting game time, went to Aberavon. You know, Jason decided in his you know, fantastic wisdom to play him for Aberavon. He developed hugely for Aberavon. Now he's captain of Wales going to a World Cup. Why was that? Because he was given that game time and yeah. opportunity to develop. And we've got to have that. But it's not just about the young academy players developing. There's an opportunity here that there could be a player that is a late developer that he, in this competition, could have that opportunity yeah. as well. The word criteria kept on uh, cropping up and you've alluded to it just now. So am I right in thinking this is along the lines of maybe the previously A licence or something similar? And in terms of the actual criteria moving forward, are clubs aware of this now, the criteria? And will the criteria be published for everybody to see moving forward? In terms of the A licence, I suppose you could say similar, but I think it's far more detailed than the okay. A licence would be because it covers other aspects in there. It covers, you know, from a business financial plan, you know, can they support it as well? Because we want it sustainable for the next three years. And there'll be salary caps put in there as well, but also making sure that those players develop with the support staff as well. So that'll be obviously one major part of the criteria. We have been putting the criteria together. So it's not a blank sheet of paper we're starting from today. We've yeah. started that, but we aim to complete it in the next couple of weeks in conjunction with the regions and the, and the clubs as well. You know, talking about training facilities, talking about history and clubs, talking about supporter base, match day facilities is crucial. You know, when you look at the players that will be playing in those match days, in terms of the stadium, the medical, the changing rooms, TV, it's important. We want the exposure do they have the facilities for TV? But do they have the facilities for medical? It was specific in the A licence, yeah. but there'll be more detail around that. But we'll complete that in the next uh, in the next month as well. So that'll be part of it. Playing of the games, number of games youngsters need to play. So part of governance that they will be reporting back as well. So all of that will be combined in the criteria model, which teams will have prior to making that application yeah. process. And then they will apply. Yeah. Now, I wasn't the best pupil in maths lessons in school, but even I know that 14 teams doesn't go into 10, or 12 doesn't go into 10. So I'm right in thinking that. So obviously, 
it's fair to say that some teams will miss out on this elite league if they do apply. What would then be the future for them then looking forward? And, you know, do they have a right of appeal if they don't get the criteria through and other clubs do? What's the process there? So prior to the full announcement, I would say the media announcement, if that's the right way we finalise the 10, yeah. there may be a process where a club doesn't get in, they would have the right yeah. to appeal. So yes, there will be people who will go through the criteria, independent people as well as people, uh, a person from the Welsh Rugby Union. So it won't be just a Welsh Rugby Union. We thought through discussions we needed independency as well in there to make sure we make the right decision against the criteria. If they don't get into that league, you know, as we've said to the clubs, the community game, then we'd have the the premiership now would then fall under the Admiral Community Leagues. There would be a premiership, you know, say there's three or four don't get in there. They would form part of the community premiership yeah. with the rest of the teams. The promotion from the championship up there in season 24-25, the expectation is there will be... 13 teams in the community premiership. If 10 teams have disappeared, that leaves three, yeah. five up from the west, five up from the east, making a 13-team premiership to play in a community premiership league under the community sort of development plans. We will look at a financial model of a payment structure for those clubs who don't get in there. So there'd be a, a parachute payment to help support the clubs because it's important that those clubs in the premiership right now, they can't just drop. We don't want them to drop off at the ed- edge yeah. of a cliff as well. We want to help them to make sure that they are sustainable in the future as well. And we'll work with those clubs to make sure. Yeah. But they will go back into the community game and play under the yeah. Admiral Community Leagues. Do, do you envision all clubs you know, making an application or do you look at some clubs and think, well, some clubs might not make an application and you might have the 10 there chosen for you in, in effect? Even if there's only 10 apply, those 10 will still have to uh, fulfil the criteria. But, um, you know, from discussions that we've had, our belief from conversations is that we will have more than 10 right, who will yeah. apply for the process. And then it goes through. Some clubs have said to us, we, ha- we will have to think about it because we may just want to be part of a community league, be part of the premiership, 13-team league, 12 home, 12 away, play in the, in the premiership cup. That is up to that cup competition. But we have to right now, you know, as you said, how many years have we been talking about what do we do at the top end of the community or just below the, uh, the regional game? We've played around... We firmly believe this is it. We will drive to make it a success. There's a governance model behind it. There's a financial plan behind it. There's a season structure behind it as well. But it's all been done in collaboration. It hasn't been done just by us as a governing body. It's been done through robust, tough conversations in, in closed doors with the premiership clubs, with the rugby management board. It's gone through... Premiership clubs, it's gone through rugby management board, it's gone through professional rugby board, it's gone through competitions committee, gone through community game board, ultimately the board. Okay. So it's gone through six processes yeah. here, which is a huge number of yeah. uh, discussions. We haven't been as robust as this before. And I, you know, the pleasing part for myself from a community perspective, I don't think we've seen an alignment like this before yeah. where myself from a community, it's totally, we're all aligned, you know, performance, community aligned and premiership aligned. And um, that's the happiness yeah. about it. But uh, we'll always know there'll be some criticism out there, some people unhappy. But the key part is that we want the clubs to be successful here. 
We want supporters to understand they can go to their club. We're still maintaining the historical element of it, the traditions and the culture behind it. We want these players to go to the regions. We want our regions to be successful. Those players then go to the Welsh team and Welsh team to be successful and winning. You mentioned the word robust a couple of times. Now, a couple of... Is it the robustness of the WRE to sort of try and grasp the the initiative and to actually, you know, give a clear purpose for, and a reason for the Premiership? And then on the other scale, you know, maybe some clubs very v- robust then in their arguments, not for a 10-side league. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, they've, we've had that. We've had those discussions and that's fine. It's sort of like there may have been discussions where they, maybe the Welsh Union wanted... Eight teams. Yeah. Maybe Premiership clubs wanted twelve teams. Yeah. There may be other conversations where other people wanted five teams. But through these robust, as I call it, conversations, and the nicest part is that we've agreed. There's, there's going to be times we agree to disagree. Yeah. But in the end, we kept going back to our purpose. Why are we doing this? And collectively, in the end, we all agreed this is the right decision. And I think that's the exciting part about here. Today, we've only had representatives of the union. But if you had representatives from the regions and the clubs in here. There, you would have heard us all saying the same thing. We are firmly behind this. We support it. You know, we had the Premiership call last night, and you know, as John from Ebbervale, who chairs the Premiership group, said, you know, this isn't a surprise. We're all across this. We're all supportive of it. We understand it, and we we're welcoming it. Yeah. So it, that's the pleasing part. Yeah. So fast forward now from now today, five years. Okay. So we've had three years of this new setup, ring fence, etc. How would you judge if this now is a success? And how would you evaluate, you know, that this sort of plan today is the way forward now five years? Because obviously you'll have to look back and see how things go. But, you know, are there targets to be met? Are there things that you'd like to see happen that are different to what's happening now? I think another governance model that we've got right now, there'll be continued meetings, discussions, We'll be looking at how often these players are playing. Right? That'll be on an ongoing basis and we'll data analyse that element there. How many of those young players then are developed and going through into our regional game? Success of under-20s, we can't hide that. Right. Not only the success on the field, but are those players playing? The players that, for example, you know, we played Wales versus New Zealand in a World Cup final. You've got 23 players being selected or the 15 start. Started players. How many games have they played prior to going to that World Cup? This is the competition that we need them to be playing. So they're ready for that game. Not saying that they're playing all the time, but they've had game time when we feel it's the right game time. So those are the type of things. Also, in terms of our pathway, in terms of our programmes, you know, we're also changing slightly at the 14 to 16 with Dewar Shield. We've got a bigger schools and colleges competition this year. We've got more teams in the schools and college league. We've got three new teams. We're underpinning the schools and college league with also another uh, schools programme as well. So also how many players are coming through the pathway. We may find more younger players coming through, more players. Does it remain a 10 in three to four years' time? If we feel that the number of players coming through... It, are increasing should it go to 11 should it go to 12 those are conversations we have are there other elements through the success of this that can enable us to go 
We know there's other competitions out there. Is there means of actually working and having conversations with other governing bodies? Don't want to go down that road yeah. you know, too much, but you never know. If, if this is a success and people see it as a success, why can't we have other competitions and play teams from other neighbours, if yeah. that's a, a nice way of putting yeah. it. And once you now identify the 10 or the 10 come forward or you know, we, we get the 10 announced or whatever, what is the role of the WRU then going forward? Do you keep tabs on what happens week in, week out? Do you go into clubs and make sure that these sort of criteria are met on a regular basis? You know, what, what's the role there then in, in terms of ensuring that the criteria is kept going rather than just the application right at the start of the process? There will obviously be face-to-face meetings. I think we need to keep that relationship going. It can't be, oh, we've done the criteria, now you're in it, and then everybody yeah. sits back and does nothing. Regular meetings, regular face-to-face, scheduled meetings, key agenda items, looking at how the younger players are playing, showcasing the data, looking at it, analysing, questioning each other. Why is this player maybe not playing? Why is this player only having 30 minutes? Making sure those conversations have it, making sure that the relationships between the region and the club is there, making sure that the players are in there. So we will drive that. It's important that that is being driven. We can't just sit back and think, oh, that's it now. It's like anything. When you start something, work is just started and when we do the criteria and the teams are in again the work has just started and we've got to continually do that on a regular basis and basically what I say is we can't put our foot off the pedal here we've got to keep driving this right across not just from a playing perspective but it could open the doors from commercial from business and growth you know and hopefully that's what it'll do and a final question then how confident are you in terms of this way forward now we began by alluding to the fact that we've been here several years and it's changing all the time. And, uh, you know, how confident are you that this is now the model to take forward and to be a bit of a blueprint moving on for the Prem? i got to be honest, it's the first time that I've felt that we are all on the same page. And I don't think I've had that feeling before. I felt that sort of lately, you know, with ourselves as a governing body, with the Premiership clubs and with the regions, we all know our direction of travel. We all know where we want to go. And I don't think we've ever had that before. So uh, I am confident based on that premise. And I think sort of I've never, never had that before. There's always been maybe one partner or one not happy. But for the very first time, we've got Welsh Rugby Union and our regions and our clubs singing off the same same hymn sheet, and supporting each other in this uh, new adventure. Okay, right. As usual, thank you very much for giving up your time. I know you've been busy uh, this morning and this afternoon, but uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.